What is up, everybody? Happy Sunday. I hope everyone's enjoying this Labor Day weekend. Welcome to another episode of the Overstated Podcast NBA show with myself, Jacob, and Brett. We're all back together. Um, we did a couple couple reactionary, um, couple therapy sessions uh, for myself with, with, with the Bucks, and, and this Sunday we got the full crew back together. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to talk about some of the games, some of the matchups coming up. We are recording this um, actually right before the Bucks game, so probably not going to talk about them too much just because I don't want to be depressed anymore. And then Jacob's going to go into to his ladder and kind of his research and kind of what, what he's been working on the past couple weeks. So enjoy, everybody. Appreciate it. Enjoy. Boys, we are back again. Hey, Jacob, I gotta say, it's very good to hear your hear your voice. It's good to hear your British accent. I hadn't heard it in a while. I know you had some train issues um, um, this morning. We actually didn't think that we were going to be able to do that. My internet, we had some really bad storms, and storms are going to come back again. But it knocked my internet out, so we were like, "Fuck, man, what are we going to do?" But we got it going. We, we we got it working. I was actually my wife and I were going to take the girls if it wasn't raining. We were going to go to the Jacob, your favorite team. We were going to go to the Milkmen game today. Play up, play up yeah. one. They got that number one seed locked up, but uh, we, yeah. we, we decided, yeah, <laughs> we, we were going to have an utterly good time too. <laughs> um, but no, we are, it is actually, it is just before two o'clock. So the Bucks game does start in about 30 minutes. So, oh, and I just got a notification. Giannis is playing tonight. So that's a good thing. Um, this is all I'm going to say about it before we move on. Um, I know you guys are enjoying the hell out of my misery, but um, you know what? As we were just about to record, Jacob had to remind me that there's a 0% chance that, that the Bucks are going to come back. But you know what, man? We're going to take it game by game. We're going to see what happens. And, yeah, you will have to hold off on enjoying my misery for at least um, a couple hours. We'll see what happens in this game if we, uh, if we record a bonus one or not because I have been on like a five-day bender. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But that's enough shit talking for me. No more Milwaukee stuff. I swear to God, Jacob, if you bring it up on your Jacob's ladder, I, I just don't want to hear it. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Brett, let's let's go with you though, man. What outside of Miami, Milwaukee, because we're not going to talk. We've seriously, like all joking aside, we've done like three podcasts on Milwaukee and, uh, and Miami this week. But other than that, what has been like the biggest surprise that you've seen in, in this second round? Hmm. I would say in terms of surprise, maybe Denver's performance on Saturday night against the Clippers. You know, after game one, it was looking really ugly for Denver. And I know that they were tired. I know that they had played a lot and the Clippers were pretty well rested. So that was to be expected, like a little bit of fatigue. But still, just in terms of the matchups, um, I was thinking that, you know, it could be a sweep. And then they come out Saturday night and just play one hell of a game. And, uh, and so that was a little bit surprising to me. I think, look, they've got a really high offensive ceiling, like as high as just about any team in the league. When they're firing on all cylinders, they can put up points. They are really, really hard to stop. And they showed that last night, especially in the first half, where you know they had 44 points in the first quarter. They were just red hot for pretty much the whole first half. Jokic was raining threes. Murray was hot. They were playing so well. And then... That fell off a little bit in the third quarter, and they never really got their offensive rhythm back. And had their defensive effort lapsed as well, they would have lost that game. But they maintained their defensive effort. They probably stepped it up, and they were able to prevent the Clippers from really getting going. So 
you know, it was kind of like a tale of two halves for them. The first half was just the red hot shooting, the offense firing on all cylinders. And then the second half was really impressive from a defensive standpoint. And, uh, and I think Jeremy Grant is, was kind of the, the center of that for them. He was, he was fantastic. I, I mentioned this in the group last night. I don't know that I've seen someone defend Kawhi Leonard better than Jeremy Grant. If you look at his box score, I think he was one of nine shooting. He played like 40 minutes. He only made one shot, but um, it wasn't about the offense for him. He was just fantastic defensively, and I think his energy uh, sort of carried through the rest of the team. And uh, Yeah, that was really impressive, and and I have to admit, uh, surprising. Well, and, and you know, I think you hit it on the head, especially with Denver. I mean, we all know that they can put up points, but the, their issue has been defensively. I think as much as I know we've talked on here a couple times, as much as we all – all three of us really like Michael Porter Jr. I mean, defensively, he's a he's a sieve, and I, I thought I just thought last night as a team they they were really good. I mean, the Clippers just I, I'm looking at the game log right now. In the first quarter, they had 25 points. Second quarter, 31 points. Third quarter, 21 points. Fourth quarter, 24 points. They were nine of 32 from three. They shot 40 percent from from the field, and I, I think you hit it on the head there. Um, there, Brett. I mean, Kawhi Leonard was was he struggled, um, and it's very rare that we see him. We see him struggle. I know Jacob's going to get into it with it with with his ladder, but he had 13 points. He was four for 17 from the field, and and just looked he just looked uncomfortable. And I kind of got this stat right before we came on here. Um, this is from Second Spectrum. In game one, Kawhi Leonard blew by defenders seven times. He had zero tonight, marking the fifth time since Second Spectrum began tracking in 2013-2014 that Leonard recorded at least 18 drives in a game without blowing by a defender, including playoffs. So I mean they. They, they they really gave it gave it a group group effort. I mean that was that was pretty impressive. Uh, Jacob, what what has kind of caught your eye in this second round? Again, we're not talking about Milwaukee, Miami. <laughs> <laughs> it, never, um, it never existed. It never it never happened. Um, apart from apart from the fact that like Boston done fucked up, and like they let Toronto come back into this series, absolutely stormed back in after that game one. And then game two, I was kind of, not to say I felt like Toronto was probably a step below Boston. And I still think Toronto are probably, from from a talent perspective, they're obviously a step below Boston. Boston has creators like Kemba, players like Tatum. Siakam is not that level offensively. And Lowry, he's a very savvy player, but he's not. Kemba is a legitimate all-star guard, creating, scoring shooting guard and I didn't think Toronto really had it but it was a bit like in our predictions where I just Toronto just ground this series down and they've worked their way completely back into it and now we're basically having a best of three series between these two teams I think whoever wins this is probably going to beat whoever comes out of the other series we're not going to talk about but (laughs) I think I think they probably will I think they are built very differently than either of those other two teams. They have very good wing play, whereas I feel like that team in Florida had has uh, a very... Um, I, don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. I have no just, idea what you're talking about. Just a team, <laughs> a team in Florida that has very good... It has this guy called Jimmy Butler on it, and it has these, this great shooting team and this really hard-nosed athletic team, which is proving to be very difficult for a certain number one seed. No, I but don't know I, what you're talking about. I Amnesia. But, I, mean, I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows what's going on down there? I mean, who, who even goes to Florida? I don't know anyone from Florida. 
I, Wisconsin doesn't even have a, a basketball team. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> but, no, you're about the milkman up there in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> we might need to start calling the Bucks the milkman after this. Like, hey, Brett, they're not even worthy of being called the milkman. No, 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 Ooh. no, no, no. Hey, but you know what? This, you know what? You know what? Fuck it. We weren't going to talk about it. This is all I'm going to say. Every good championship needs a comeback. We're down 0-3. It starts... It starts in about 25 minutes. Never say never. That's it. All right. Um, um, on to the next thing. <laughs> I think on the last week's episode, maybe it was last Sunday's episode, I said, um, if you gave me all 16 teams that were in these playoffs at the beginning and you told me to pick the most even matchup, you can match up any two teams, I would have picked Toronto and Boston. I think they're as evenly matched as any two teams in this entire playoffs or this entire bubble. And the series hasn't gone exactly how I would have expected, but if you had told me that heading into game five, it would be tied two to two, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, again, super evenly matched, but of course, just the way it's gone down has been heartbreaking for Boston fans uh, because they were obviously one last half second three-pointer away from being up 3-0 heading into Saturday's game. And you know, you can ask Bucks fans. Oh, uh, three is a tough place to be. <laughs> so fucking torture uh, for me, right at this point. It's so just it's just like it, it's just so crazy, though how how one shot can change the complexion of a series so much. And I just think this has been a prime example of that. With just that one shot has changed everything because once the defending champs are down just one to two, it's like they're right there, and then they they get the win on Saturday night. But it's just been it's been really close overall this series. And, um, you know, Boston on Saturday, they played poorly. I mean, it's as bad as I've seen them play in a while. I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were combined three of 17 on threes. And then you can throw in uh, Kemba Walker and Marcus Smart, who are combined two of 12. So nobody was hitting. Kemba only took nine shots in 41 minutes of play, which is just like baffling. And then Tatum's Tatum's 10 of 18 doesn't look too bad, but uh, but he had some really bad plays. And like I said, he wasn't hitting the outside shot. He just looked a little bit out of sync the whole game. But even with all that, they were down five with the ball with 32 seconds to go. And that's where Tatum had a, a really bad turnover. Um, that's where he got called for the offensive foul. It's the push off, he does it all the time. He, you know, I, I notice it whenever I watch him play. He likes to push off with his right hand. A lot of guys do it. Kawhi Leonard does it all the time. A lot of stars do it. And uh, and Lowry just sold it at the right time. And and that was pretty much what did them in. But but as bad as they played to have only been down five with the ball, uh, you know, with 32 seconds left is like a little bit encouraging. Like Jalen's not going to be that bad again. Kemba's going to be more aggressive. Tatum's going to be better. But they're missing Gordon Hayward. That that is for sure. I was sure. just going to really... ask you that, Brett. Yep. I, how, yep. how much? How much is Boston missing Hayward at this point? A lot, a lot. They're missing his ball handling. They're missing his outside shooting. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the defenses that Toronto's throwing at them, Hayward would help them a lot. You know, right now they're they've been doing this this box in one, or I think they ran a triangle in two a little bit on Saturday, or this. You know, or they'll go like to to like a matchup zone, and then man, like they're they just switch stuff so quickly and. Uh, Hayward's just overall basketball IQ, I think, would be really beneficial to them in, in the face of um, of Nick Nurse's just straight up ballsy coaching and uh, and, and their man. and their versatility. Oh, he really is. He yeah, he's 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 coached a great series so far. Mm-hmm. I think he's a real X factor now because, like you say, 
Toronto, um, I mean, Boston did not play well, really, going in this game. And they were so close to winning. I think that really comes down to the fact that Toronto aren't really built to step on anyone's throat. Like, their team, they can't pull away from you. Like, Siakam's a very good player. Lowry, very good player. No, no, they, no, but at least they had Kawhi. If, if they needed to, Kawhi is the person they turned to. Now, Siakam is not that guy. You know, Siakam's a wonderful player. He's maybe an all-NBA player at his best, but he's not. He's a secondary piece. He needs to play in a secondary role where he can be like a baby Scotty. You know, like like we like we were talking about that certain Milwaukee team, that certain player, oh, and God, that whole, that whole Twitter bullshit that happened. That whole Twitter thing that happened with is he really a Pippin? Siakam's the Pippin in any of this. Like Siakam is literally yeah. a Pippin. Like he should not be a first option. And I think the fact that he basically is, or that Lowry is for Toronto, means this 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 series is going to be a slog. If they're going to win, it's going to be a slog. While Boston can at any moment. Tatum, Kemba, m- most likely those two, but maybe Jalen Brown as well. They can catch fire and they can knock you out of a game by, you know, shooting 12 for 18. So here, here's a, uh, it's funny you say that though, because here, here's a stat for you though, uh, Jacob. And I know you, I know you love this stuff. I know, I know plus minus isn't always the, the, the greatest thing, but this is from um, Ryan Wolstad who covers, um, who covers the Raptors. Kyle, in the last two years of the playoffs, Kyle Lowry is a plus 235, the highest in the NBA. Kawhi Leonard comes in next at plus 198. So, I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, I know what you mean, that Toronto could always turn to Kawhi, and and you're absolutely right. But Kyle Lowry, man, is no joke, and and he's shown up the last two years. You can ask Bucks fans last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, he, he, he was the X factor, and you saw it again these last couple couple games and just to round out the top four just because I want to say it to just talk a little bit of shit Chris <laughs> Middleton comes in at number three and Danny Green is actually fourth but I mean wow. I think that plus wow. 235 just goes to show you like I mean Kyle Lowry he's gonna bring it man and, and there's something you know we we've talked about it before too there's something about when you win that title and you get over that hump man that the confidence that just happens like uh, Jacob before you got on Brett and I were, were just kind of shooting the shit a little bit and it's like you know, Toronto was down 0-2 against Milwaukee, down 0-2 against Boston, and they just don't blink, man. And 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 they they just they're, you're always going to get their best shot, and they're never they're never going to quit. And it it, it they, they truly are as as corny and cliche as it sounds, man. They they truly they do have the heart of a champion, and it, it's mm-hmm. they are a, a joy to watch. Like I, I honestly predicted, I know I missed the predictions episode, but I really thought Boston was gonna was gonna beat Toronto pretty good, and and those first two games. I was kind of like, all right, man. Like I could see, I literally like, don't worry, Derek, Michael, don't jump off the ledge. I'm not talking shit. Like I'm being serious. Like I, I thought, I thought Boston could beat them in five. Like I, I, I really did. And if not for a, a weird play, I mean, you know, this is, this is bubble basketball. I think if fans are there, OG never, that pass is never completed, but Hey, it worked. And, and, and Toronto got a sick ass shot and one game three and one game four. And now, like you said, Jacob, who, who knows what could happen? Um, before we get into to Jacob Flatter, I mean, we can reluctantly. Can I, can I give you a stat real quick, Steve? Go, 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 go. Yeah. <laughs> From Saturday night's game. Okay, so who would you say Toronto's three best players are? Probably Siakam, Lowry, Van Vliet. I think most people could agree. Yeah. They played 46 minutes, 
44 minutes and 45 minutes. <laughs> I hate, why, why, gotta, why you got to do that to me? Why? I just why wanted to, gotta, I just wanted to mention, just, just, I just want you to know that it's possible. I just want <laughs> hey, you and everyone else to know that it is possible to play more than 40 minutes. They all did. And, uh, and guess what? They won the game. I, I so I, look I, at that. Isn't that, isn't no, that just, it, and man, just, just to touch on Lowry too, man, cause you brought him up. That guy is so impressive. He is just like the definition of a winning player. Like they do have, they've got a lot of heart and he is uh, the heart of their team. Like he got them going early, getting to the foul line, diving on the floor. He was guarding Tatum, like guarding whoever he needs to guard or drawing that offensive foul on Tatum towards the end. Like he just has his hands in, everything good that they do and even on a night where yeah he was five of 16 it wasn't his greatest shooting night ever but still he was plus 10 and he was their most impactful player so yeah shout out to that guy uh like yesterday in the group i said he was the point guard version of jimmy butler or the jimmy butler of point guards and uh and that's kind of what i mean by that man just like the heart the tenacity you know he's not the most athletic guy he's not the most polished player but he gets it done man i I just think those two are are cut from the same cloth and he Mm -hmm. just continues to impress me he's a killer he's a tough guy to go up against yeah Ugh, yeah you know you just I had just, to get that little dig in there didn't you you had to do it <laughs> <laughs> i mean do you want to know as well I, I was um i was doing some research on this because obviously this is going to be one of the biggest disappointments for for a certain team in oh, NBA God, history we're, we're, talk, we're actually talking and about it. Oh, i God. just i just want to i just want the guys to know there are, I reckon, top five biggest collapses of all time. This, assuming wow. they lose tonight or tomorrow or next week, this is the biggest. And to give an idea of the other teams I have in that is uh, the 1986 Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, <laughs> Jets. You know what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, then uh, the 1994 Supersonics, who lost in the first round. After coming in with sixty-three win team, one of the best teams ever, lost in the first round. Shout out to the Kembe Matombo. Shout out. Uh, then obviously Dirk, the We Believe Warriors, who you know that that's got to be there. Sixty-seven win, all-time regular season team, losing in six in the first round. That was that's probably number one, but one that kind of surprised me because it was so recent and I'd completely forgotten about it. And this might make you feel a little bit better, Steve. Uh, the 2018 Raptors getting beaten 4-0 by LeBron when LeBron went into overdrive and they just he won, got like two running game winners at the bu- two buzzer beaters in that series to win 4-0. They were the number one seed in 2018, correct? They were, and they had one of the highest. I can't remember if it was. It's definitely like a top 50 regular season of all time. And yeah, they got absolutely destroyed in the second round 4-0. So... You know, it, it's it's not without precedent what's happening right now. It's just it might be the worst one ever. Love you, Steve. Oof. Oof. You know, <laughs> you still there, Steve? You just, just got to <laughs> kick me when I'm down, don't you? You just got to kick me when I'm down. Well, I haven't been you able know, to be on any therapy pods, so I'm trying to make up for it now. You just Even Brett doesn't kick me when I'm down. Brett is just great. He just listens to me. He just kind of lets me go. It's just, it's just fantastic. But then here comes Jacob, and he just has to kick me when I'm down. <laughs> this fucking sucks, dude. You know what though? You know what though, Jacob? Just because you said that now, I'm back. we're back. We're gonna win today. When do we play again? We, we play on Tuesday. We're gonna win Tuesday. We're gonna play Thursday. You know what? We record on this Sunday. On this Sunday, 
Next week, dude, the Bucks are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's fucking go. And you know what you're going to be saying, Jacob? The Miami Heat had the worst collapse we've ever seen in NBA history. That is what you're going to be saying. <laughs> Book it. Let's go. <laughs> Bucks are back. All right. Take that Enough data. of that. Take that for data, Jacob. <laughs> I want to. I know. I know. I know. We're doing this. I know we're doing this on a Sunday, and it's before the game. But I, I just want to briefly, briefly talk about it before we get to Jacob's ladder. Um, Brett, what, what, what did you kind of see in that in that Houston Lakers game? Um, full disclosure, as many of you know, um, I, I saw the highlights because on Friday night after that Bucks collapse, I went out and just got absolutely hammered. I just went and just. <laughs> out my so I, I saw some stuff on the internet and watched the highlights and did and did a lot of reading, but it, it seems like that that Houston that the Lakers were a little bit caught off by Houston's speed. But I mean, what are are, are the Lakers still in this? Um, what 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 do you guys kind of see going forward in this in this series? We'll start with you, Brett. Yeah, I, I'm not going to read too much into Game One, other than that it's going to be a series, right? You know, I think it's I think we're looking at a six, maybe seven game series. I would still pick the Lakers. They're gonna make adjustments. You know, remember they dropped game one to Portland as well. And I'm not comparing Houston to Portland. Houston is a much better team than Portland, especially defensively. And that was probably the thing that impressed me most overall in game one was just their defense. They were fantastic. PJ Tucker did an excellent job on Anthony Davis. And the Lakers are definitely gonna have to address that. Eric Gordon, I thought was fantastic for them. Obviously, James Harden did his thing, but uh, yeah, Houston just just outplayed them, and that disparity in size is—I uh, don't think it's going to be as big of a, a negative for Houston as people might think. I mean, the game has just changed so much. Like, you can protect the rim with really good perimeter defense, and I think that's what Houston has been doing. And uh, and they did it in Game One, but I expect the Lakers to make an adjustment. I expect them to come out and win uh, tonight, Sunday night. And I'd probably, you know, I probably think the series, I probably would have said five uh, beforehand. Now I'm probably thinking six, maybe even seven. So Houston is no joke. And, uh, and this series just got a lot more interesting with that game one win. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a bad matchup, I think, for LA, even though LA is a more talented team. Because, I mean, th- this is what we were saying before when the bubble was about to begin that LA's lack of point of attack defense compared to their regular season like they don't have Avery Bradley now who was probably their best perimeter defender and one of the best I thought this season in the league they don't have him now that's really going to hurt them against guys like Harden and even Gordon you're right Gordon was eaten this game and I actually the more I watch it the more I think that the Covington trade was actually inspired because he plays so big for having ultimately a wing skill set he he really can you know body up to people in the post and defend and there just aren't enough skilled big men anymore to really punish that so they they really can get away with Tucker and Covington you know by playing center by committee covering AD and i remember seeing um Draymond Green sent out a tweet on you guys probably saw it that um unless your name is oh, yeah. Kat Jokic or um, AD, like, or Embiid, um, like, you really need to be praying that LA win this series because if they don't, the value of the big man is just going to plummet. And I actually, I really believe that the way Houston is playing isn't just this micro ball, Maury ball movement. I think that better teams will utilize what Houston is doing better than they are. 
because I think they're not getting punished as much. They're going against AD, and we'll see this season, this series, if AD can really punish them to a point where this micro ball becomes unplayable. I don't even think if they he will. And if AD doesn't, that opens the floodgates that now teams that are more well-built to take on this micro ball system are going to start taking it on. And I think it's I think the floodgates are only going to open after this. Yeah. Well, and look at this, man. Um Houston out rebounded them. Mm-hmm. 53 to 47. Exactly. Should never and, have. That's crazy. Right. It, it, it's cra- it is crazy. And uh and scored more points in the paint too. Mm-hmm. 42 to 40 points in the paint. So yeah, it's just different now. And like AD, yeah, he shot 10 of 16. So he had a, a nice efficient game, but he did not punish them enough. I mean, PJ Tucker is is tough. PJ Tucker has always guarded him well. He's so strong. Uh, he definitely causes AD some problems. AD can't just back him down or can't just get in this, you know, perfect position against him. Obviously, he can shoot over him, uh, but like Houston switches everything, you know, on defense. And I think in game two, we're going to see the Lakers look to take advantage uh, of the switches and and sort of get a better matchup for AD. Like I think AD would have more success on a Covington or like a Jeff Green if he's out there uh, rather than PJ. So I think they're going to look to do that some more. And I think that's going to be probably the main adjustment that they make. And then I just think, you know, LeBron needs to be more aggressive. He only took 15 shots, 20 points. Like he, he was, he was a little too quiet, but uh, you know, I think LeBron has been known to sort of feel things out a little bit in game ones. And, um, and I think that that might be what happened. So yeah, it's going to be a fun series though. It's, it, it, it's really cool to just see these very different teams stylistically go head to head. And then just the star power of having Westbrook and Harden out there and then LeBron and AD. I mean, it's, it's about as star studded of a series as we've seen so far in the playoffs. So it's oh, going to yeah. be a fun one. Oh yeah. It yeah, is. They got what, is. like six MVPs between them. That's fucking incredible. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Anthony Davis with none. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Just you know. Just <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, um, <laughs> that's that. I do want to add one more thing, um, just for all all my Boston homies, all my Boston fans, Brad. I know you're one, but I, I still consider you more of a Trailblazers fan. Um, ever since um, Jason Tatum <laughs> went on Twitter and showed us what what those tacos looked like, I'm just saying Boston's lost two straight. Just. Just saying, just 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 throwing that out there to everybody. Just just a little dig there, Derek. You're all right, buddy. You're all right. Something's going on, man. <laughs> that all one's right. going seven. What did you, Jacob? What did you did you say Toronto in six when we made our? I know we made a prediction for that series. I said Toronto in six, but that was only because I was trying to be a bit more provocative. Honestly, I think it's going seven. But I you still picking I, Toronto. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I'm still picking Toronto. I said, I said, I said Celtics in seven. I'm sticking with that. I like it. Don't back down, man. I got Bucks in seven. Not, no. guys, it's all right. Yeah. I got Bucks in seven. It's all right. Bucks in seven. Hey, that'll be the new. If that if that happens, that's got to be the new hashtag, oh, right? Forever, forever. Oh, it depends, man. We we still got to win the title. Otherwise, it's still going to be Bucks in seven. Ah, so fair, we got to do something. And right. and just so right. everybody knows. You've heard it a little bit. No, we're not going to not talk about the Bucks in Miami. Brett and I are going to. We're trying to get Jacob to stay up late, but depending on what. What happens with this game? We'll jump on for another therapy session. You guys can all just enjoy my <laughs> sorrow. But, you know, we're going to win, though. Positive vibes only. All right. Moving, <laughs> moving on. Um, Jacob, you you kind of have done this this pet project, and we've kind of teased it a little bit um, in our group, um, Jacob's Ladder. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and kind of what, 
where you get your data from and just kind of explain to uh, myself and Brett in the audience what, what you've been working on. Right. So this actually, you said at the top of the pod that I've been working on this for about two weeks. Just to give the listeners some concepts, I probably started this project in about 2017. And then from there, it probably took about two years to get all the data to go through it. Because I, because you, lit, I literally, you know, checked every player in NBA history or every player that met certain criteria in NBA history, and that was, you know, that rose into the several hundreds. And in the end, I settled on creating a top five hundred player. It was basically in 2017. I was still getting into the NBA, and I'll be watching documentaries, you know, Magic vs. Bird, or documentaries about Bill Russell, or you know insert name, you know, Shaq, there was some like Shaq Diesel documentary. I watched some Garnett documentary. And, you know, I've always been a fan of like rankings just because it's, it's simple. It's nice. It's fun to put these um, ideas into kind of thought experiments and try to quantify how they fit next to each other. So I really wanted to do that for players because I wanted to kind of have this historical background Going forward, I could think, right, where does Steph Curry or Durant or Harden or Chris Paul, where do these superstars of today, how do they actually match up to the great players of history? So I ended up with this uh, ladder system. Well, I just called it my top 500. Brett christened it Jacob's Ladder. It was just the top 500. Yeah, yeah. Once, Once I said it, I was like, fuck, that's it. That's it. It's done. (laughs) Um, it takes into account there are I've never actually counted in total I'd say there are somewhere between 200 and 250 separate data points which all feed together into this ladder system and I don't think it's perfect because the ladder is it's not my personal opinion it's I give different ratings and different values and different weightings to different accomplishments, multipliers, additions, depending on certain contextual issues to different achievements a player can make. And then I kind of put all that together in a formula and then it's I put the player's career through that formula and it spits out this is their final total, basically. So it, it's none of it is my subjective opinion. It's all through this formula I created which has it has really good parts to it i think there are parts that could be worked on you know now that i'm like a year removed from making it i can see ways that where i can improve it but the formula itself is objective it spits these players out kind of through what they've done and yeah it creates these rankings and i agree with all of it but it's it's definitely i think i think it captures it's meant to capture achievement it's meant to capture accomplishment it's meant to capture the general mainstream discussion around what we rank these players over the kind of the points we bring up when we're having a you know talk at a bar about oh is david robinson better than you know kevin garnett or whoever whoever the type of things we'll start bringing up it tries to capture that information and achievement accomplishment statistical trends and put it all into this and actually spit out a ranking for them. Who's higher, David Robinson or Kevin Garnett? Garnett is higher. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So that's that, that's that debate settled forever. I had to ask. I had to ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I just had them in front of me and I was like, fuck, choose 
choose two guys. Uh, Robinson, he's 20th. Garnett is 17th. Okay. Okay. But, um, <laughs> That's what's up, man. But yeah. So that was it. Um, yeah. I, I also put down their nominal position is involved so I could rank it by position. I can rank it by height, by year drafted, or by draft position. Those are also information I bits of information I took down for each player. But it's it's definitely not an all encompassing, but it's certainly it's more well researched, I think, than most top five hundreds. I don't think many yeah, people every, do top five hundred. Everything I've I haven't seen it like it, you know in its, in its entirety by any means, but you know everything that I've seen from it. You know, because I've asked you about it quite a few times, and it, it really is like as on point as any list I've seen. Like, obviously, there's going to be some disagreements, and we can kind of get into that a little bit. But, but yeah, for the most part, from what I've seen, it's as good of a list as there is, and I think that's because you know so much goes into these rankings. Yeah, and, and, and it's so it's so uh, objective. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I I I made it, and I don't agree with some of the rankings, but I can see why it ranks them where that where it does. I see why it has wilt much higher than i would actually have him why it has kobe higher than i would have him i see why because that's you know these are things that are important in the general conversation even if they're not important to me they're incorporated into this and just say why we're talking about this is because once we have the overstated.com set up this will be on there free for everyone to access all the information it's coming soon man it's coming soon well let's let's get into it a little bit like uh i was saying before like maybe you could just lay out the top 10 or top 15 or top 20, whatever we have time for just to kind of, just to kind of peek into it and, uh, and, you know, see where some of these guys are ranked. If, if people would agree with it, or if there's some, some crazy ones on there, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really, really curious to, to hear. Yeah. So, um, I'm sure none of these names will surprise anyone. I don't think, but, um, number one, we have Kobe Bryant. No, we don't. We have Michael Jordan. Oh, <laughs> oh that's cold, man. I'm, uh, that's, I'm that's sorry. cold, man. That's cold. Uh, he knows. I, he just knows I love Kobe. So I do. I do. I've had to argue against <laughs> Kobe. He's on one. He's on one, dude. He's picking on me. He's picking on you. Jacob is on one today. Yeah, he he's been he's been away from for the last couple episodes. So he's, he's making up for lost making up for lost time making up for lost shit talk. <laughs> it's been it's been a bad day. Look, look, guys, I was stuck at a train station for a t- over two hours today, <laughs> waiting for a train that never came. So I'm just oh. I'm, I'm I'm taking it all out on Stephen Brett. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so Michael, so Michael, number one, that's, that's, we're off to a good start. Michael number in my one, book. straightforward. Uh, LeBron, number two, Kareem, number three, Bill Russell, number four. And now I think the first shock, Tim Duncan, number five. Whoa. Magic Johnson, number sixth. We're back to normality. Wilt Chamberlain, number seventh. Larry Bird, number eighth. Shaq, number nine. Kobe number 10 and I think that top 10 is people might have different people in there but as far as I can tell based on just accomplishments based on what people talk about those 10 separate themselves from everything else I agree I think that's yeah you can you could definitely switch around the order I know that there's a couple I would switch around you might even be able to guess which ones but I think if we're just looking at 10 players regardless of order that's going to be pretty close to the consensus, in, in my opinion. It, I think I think Hakeem would be the the one guy that I do see in the top ten a lot that's not on there. Yeah. But aside from him, um, that's that's pretty close to standard. But uh, let me just you know, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to explain every single one of these because I know it's I know it's a complex uh, formula that goes into it. But 
I'm surprised to see Kobe lower than Shaq what? on here. Well, you know what it what it comes down to. If I could pinpoint one thing that it comes down to is that when we talk about guys like Shaq, when we talk about guys like Bird or Magic or even Wilt, they have these seasons where everything kind of convalesces into like Shaq 2000, Bird in that 84 to 86 range, Wilt Chamberlain in 67, and then kind of again in the early 70s, Magic in 87, even like Duncan in 02 and 03. You have these periods where they just win everything. They dominate everything, everything they go into, finals appearances, the regular season, they just crush it all. And Kobe, his career is a bit more segmented in that he has all these wins early, but not a lot of individual. He has individual accomplishments, obviously. He has all-star teams. He has all-NBA teams during that first Shaq run. But he, he's not winning MVP. He's not winning finals MVP. He's just, he is a high-level contrib- contributor on winning teams. He is kind of, he's more getting the kind of the, the Scotty treatment. You know, like, Jordan was the one winning MVP and finals MVP. Scotty was just, just finger quotes, an all NBA player, like a top 10 player. That's what Kobe was during that first kind of run. He was a 1A or a 2, but he wasn't clearly not the best. And then when he does become the best in the late 2000s, his MVP season and his winning title seasons, they just miss each other. So he wins MVP in 2008. He wins Files MVP in 2009, 2010. He never brings everything together like Bird did in 84 and 86, like Magic mm. did in 87, Shaq did in 2000. Okay. That's kind of because he I- never really does that. And Kareem actually gets the same kind of treatment at the top because, um, you know, he has these, he has his career is segmented into two where if you cut his career off in 1980, he would have like six MVPs and two championships. If you went from 1980 to 89, he would have one MVP and five championships. You know, so like his career gets yeah. really, it's like a tale of two halves. His career, okay. to that, he slides quite a bit further down than someone like LeBron or Jordan who had these particular runs where they just kept winning MVPs, finals MVPs, championships, setting statistical records, blah, blah, blah they really push ahead because it tries to balance longevity with peak. Mm, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause, cause that's, that's why I ask about Kobe just because like his overall accomplishments on paper, I don't know if we ever talked about this. Maybe we should do a podcast and no, I'm just kidding. Um, but like his, uh, you know, if you look at the, the, the all NBAs, the all defenses, the all-star teams, mm-hmm. the, the five titles, like if you just look at his, resume in terms of like those kind of uh, accolades it's as impressive as as just about anyone's except maybe like Kareem but you're saying with Shaq like Kobe never had a season like Shaq's 2000 no and you're saying with those absolutely monstrous seasons like those carry extra weight like how it's the like uh there's like a synergistic effect almost like between you know, winning the MVP, winning the finals MVP, like doing it all in the same season is a lot more valuable than doing it sort of spread out here and there. Like you get the MVP this season, then the next season you get the finals MVP. And then so to do it all at once, you're saying, and then even to even to um, expand that a little bit, like to have a sustained run of like five seasons where it's just, you know, absolutely insane or like 10 seasons, even with like Jordan and LeBron, Mm -hmm. 
that carries a lot more weight too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of about about consistency and just about accumulating as as many accomplishments yeah. as possible in a you know in a, yeah if you in can, a shorter period yeah. of time. If I you guess. can do it in a short period of time, you're more likely to get higher. Like that's why yeah, someone like Jordan, LeBron overtake Kareem by quite a way, but then Kareem is quite a ways ahead of any other player because you know his his actual list of accomplishments is so much longer than really any player but it took him 20 21 years whatever it was to actually put all this together piecemeal and whereas you know Jordan puts most of his I mean by the time he retires in 93 after a nine-year career I made a post about one time he's put up a top five career of all time in nine years Mm. like just because he's absolutely crushed his opposition in that time yeah and then he comes yeah I think I think him and LeBron have, have both kind of you know done that where it's just like you know they've never really let off the gas um i have to ask you though man how close are jordan and lebron on this thing um if i had to so i can tell you it ends up being a point system it ends up being like you know and and it ends up kind of being almost like it accelerates as you get further toward the top it goes really high like um kobe in 10th has about a thousand points um Jordan and LeBron, and bear in mind, Kobe in 10th has about 1,000. 25th has about 500. 50th has about 200. 100th position has about 100. So you can see it kind of, it's doubling as it's going up. But from Kobe to LeBron, it goes from 1,000 to 2,000 in the space of like 10 places. And Jordan is on 2,237. LeBron is on 2,117. Does a title this year put LeBron ahead of Jordan on the ladder? It would depend Do you think? on finals MVP. It would depend okay. on what he gets all NBA selection wise. It would depend on how his statistical body of work looks this season, what other kind of milestones he reaches in terms of statistical milestones, accomplishment milestones, you know, all-star game, all NBA appearances, all that stuff. It's very possible. In fact, I think it's more likely that LeBron overtakes Jordan on this list and doesn't just because. Yeah. And I'm just talking about this season too, but I'm just saying like, if he, you know, I mean, I know you'd have to, you'd have to do the math, but like if, uh, if he wins a title and a finals MVP and of course makes the all NBA first team, which, you know, he's going to do, there's a chance that that could put him ahead of Jordan on this list. Because I feel like just outside of this list, just in the general opinion, if he does that, I think he's going to surpass Jordan in the minds of a lot of people that have always had Jordan ahead of him. That's just the sense I get. And I'm curious to know if Jacob's ladder will reflect that. Obviously that's, you know, that's a long ways off. There's a lot of basketball still to be played, but it is, um, but I would, I would definitely say at the very minimum, it would be close as in there would be less than 10 points. Given they're both over 2000, there would definitely be less than 10 points between them when it came down to it mm. after the season. But that would, that would be a big, a big gap. And then, yeah, I mean, LeBron, because this favors as well, it favors retired players. You need to finish your career because as you go further on, as you reach 20,000 points, 25,000 points, these things you don't reach until you're an old man in the league, it adds up. So, you know, someone like Melo and Vince Carter are still adding to their accomplishment list the last couple of years, even though they're very much towards the end because they're hitting these kind of these final milestones for these superstar players these 25,000 points 30,000 point milestones which add up Mm. to help you you know it adds up to this body of work 
overall. And that's why younger players who, I mean, we can talk about Giannis, he has already put up, he's in terms of actual ability, I'd say he's at least like a top 30 player ever. No, right. I'd say higher than I'd say higher than that. In terms of abilities, gotta be like top Come on. fifteen. I mean, <laughs> hey. What do you want us to not talk about the MVP or what? No, no. I mean uh, I haven't he said, does have his weaknesses though. I, I, I haven't said anything in a couple of minutes because the game may or may not have started. So I'm just you guys oh, keep shit, going. Yeah, so, well, where is okay, so like just to give listeners an idea, like Steve's having how many what, right now. He's Giannis is what se- seven years in now to his career, oh, yeah. six or seven years yeah. completed. Like, where is where is he on the ladder right now? Like, just having, right yeah, right I guess you probably haven't factored in the second MVP yet. But I have, the- I have not, I don't, I don't finish these until once the season is completely done, MVP is awarded, you know, like when they do that shitty awards show. And then they show out all like the, the MVP shares and stuff. I don't stuff. know what they're going to do this year. Oh, do they, do they give it to them right before or oh, right yeah, after? I mean, what, the yeah, the playoffs? what are they going to do now? Like, oh, that fuck. Was, yeah. Like, give it to them. They should have done it in the first round. Give it to them before <laughs> game four. Why? They always meant should have given it in the first round. That's always the best way. Yeah. Think, but, but, <laughs> Unless you're dirty. <laughs> there yeah, we go, baby. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Take it to the hole, baby. There we. That's what I'm talking about. Steve, Steve it's <laughs> so over. Where's, it's over. It's over. Stop it. Where is that? Where's where's Giannis on, the, on there? Is he in the top? Is he in the top 100? Giannis, after six years, so until the end of the 2019 season, he's 82nd. So he's doing okay. de- definitely very well. I think this year, I would estimate this year he ends up assuming, even if they win today, lose tomorrow. Just assuming this series is over. Let's assume that. No, let's, no, no, we're not let's, going to okay. do that. No, no, no. Just for the sake of discussion. Okay, so let's say in a hypothetical world, Giannis Antetokounmpo were to be knocked out in the second round of the playoffs. In some hypothetical reality, he would end up this season somewhere in the 50 to 60 range, which is the range of, say, guys like... That ends up with him in the same range as guys like Reggie Miller, who, you know, played 20 years. Guys like... Uh, Bob McAdoo, guys like that, Dennis Rod. Yeah, well, it, those guys had had long careers. Yeah. So I guess my question would be: Is Giannis? Is there anybody who's played you know the same amount of seasons or fewer as Giannis that's higher than him, or is he he's higher than everybody his age right now on the list? Right. Yes. The only players drafted before him, the only players drafted around the same time are Kawhi in 2011. He's much higher. But that's because, you know, the accomplishments he's had. Um, right. Who, who else is around? Oh, there's actually quite a few. There's Anthony Davis is 90th. He's drafted 2012. Clay Thompson, 88th, drafted 2011th. And Draymond Green, 77th, drafted, drafted 2012. There's some more Draymond. Draymond. There's some more Draymond. Wow. The Draymond love never stops, that's man. It's, oh, the big thing was- is him winning Defensive Player of the Year and Championships yeah. in the same year. Him winning. Yeah all defensive and championship, you know, all NBA and championship. These things really yeah. add up. They- no, that I get it. I get it. That already, makes sense. This game's already, sorry to interrupt, this game's already 10 to 2 Miami. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> God, <laughs> I'm sorry, God, Steve. God, Jay Crowder, what the fuck? I love Jay Crowder, though. Shout out to Marquette. God, God. Boys, you guys are going to have to finish this. I got I to watch this game. I'm going to freak out. We're doing positive vibes only, but I'm going to leave you guys with this before I get out of here. Did you know in this series, the Milwaukee Bucks have been outscored by 34 points when Giannis is on the floor in this series, the worst of any Bucks player. So, so, Jeez, so, for, wow. so for those that, 
for those that are bitching about Coach Bud, and you can do it, I get it. He 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 he's got a lot to blame, but tough to win games when the MVP of the league doesn't show up. It is. It's tough. And the way this team is built, it, it it's tough. So well God, please, God, basketball gods, please just let us win this game. Please don't let us get fucking <laughs> Hey, I'm rooting for you today, man. I, I really am. I really am. God. I'm on. I'm on board with the Bucks today, man. I don't, I I don't want to. Let's go. Don't be like Jacob. Be optimistic. Positive. <laughs> I tried, I tried to be optimistic, and then Miami went on a forty to thirteen run. Okay, okay. You're not going to kick me. When I, just, just. <laughs> That's the most lopsided fourth quarter in playoff history. Okay, I'm going to go. All right. Well, so Steve is Bucks and six. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. It might be. Hey man, all you all you can be is optimistic at this point, right? There's no pessimism is not gonna <laughs> not gonna bring anything good from it. No, so you know, yeah. gotta nothing but respect, man. So <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'll be I'll be turning that game off. Hey, whenever I watch the Bucks now, and just whenever they're falling apart, oh, I just I can't help but picture Steve. I know, like I, know, I, think, I, I think about him when I watch the Bucks. Like I picture him and yeah. think about the pain he's going through. So yeah, every time they go uh, down, like they get a bad dunk, I'm like, oh man, Steve must be hurting right now. Yeah. Anyway, man, um, let, let's just talk about real quick before we finish up here. Just a couple more guys that are maybe playing now that you know mm-hmm. that have sort of been in the conversation and where they rank. Now you said you said Kawhi is is much higher than Giannis because of the accomplishments and stuff. And we talked about this on the Luca and Kawhi pod that we did. How Kawhi is his legacy is so interesting because like you know he doesn't have a lot of total points scored. He's never going to win an MVP, but he does have titles finals mvps and defensive player of the years and i know those are all huge in this so yeah and he, he came out i believe uh two years before Giannis, right 2011 he was drafted so where is he now is he top 50 he is he is 42nd on the top 500 and you're right this is i mean we got into it a little bit before the pod started that Kawhi kind of he breaks the ladder a little bit just because he is maybe the player with the least regular season accomplishments, but with the best playoff series legacy. Like there is, yeah, there really isn't a player like him where I can name it and I can be like, you know, yes, there are other players who never won MVP, like Jerry West, like Carl, like um, Carl Malone never won a championship but he won a lot of regular season awards. Jerry West never won an MVP, but he was very good in the playoffs. But there really isn't anyone like Kawhi who wins and just keeps on winning and doesn't really try in the regular season. And that really hurts him in this because the way we generally discuss, like we talked about on the Kawhi and Luca appreciation pods, which you should go listen to, where we just gush about Kawhi and Luca for an hour. They are... they. He really, um, he he breaks it. He just, he does. Because we, we talk about accomplishments of players. And when we talk about their averages, their totals, what they accomplished, that we are only ever really talking about regular season awards unless we're talking about rings. And that's the, that's right. the thing with Kawhi. It's crazy. Yeah. But it, it, I don't know. So it's like, you say it hurts him, but then, I mean, 42nd overall, it kind of feels about right i'd probably have him like just you know from my on my subjective list i'd probably have him like in the 30s but 42 doesn't seem too harsh at this point considering he hasn't been in the league 
that long. Well, it, it, but yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, I, I do like the idea of playoff accomplishments being rewarded more than they are mm-hmm. just in general, like with the way people talk about it, like, like we were saying on that, yeah. on that pod, like it really is so much more important, but, uh, but yeah, 80% of the time, like these are talking points when we compare these guys are just their, you know, their regular season averages or their yeah. total points scored in their career that have nothing to do with playoffs. Like, so, but l- can we talk about a guy that's kind of the opposite in a sense in, uh, in I'm wondering about is James Harden because he's kind of, he's kind of the opposite. He doesn't have the playoff accomplishments, obviously, but he's done quite a bit in the regular season. So, and he's, he's, he came in, uh, I believe two years before Kawhi. So they're fairly close in, in that regard, but where, where does he land on the list? So the ladder. So James Harden is 26th, which kind of, te- which tells you, and this is where I say Kawhi breaks right. the ladder because with a championship, I think Kawhi would probably rise to maybe maybe he would crack the top thirty. Maybe. If he wins if he wins, say he wins yeah. a, if he wins a title and a finals yeah. MVP this and then year. We're talking about, so that would, that would yeah. Three, yeah, yeah. three seasons with a title and a finals MVP. So yeah, that's gotta yeah. be which which makes him which makes him like I'm sure most people would then have him top twenty player ever, but he would barely crack the top thirty in this list just because he lacks so much else that we generally talk about. And then, right, and right. he's, I don't put his ceiling any higher than about 20th, 25th. That's even with another championship, even with a slightly, a longer career than we might expect at this point, given his injury history, higher than about 20th is pretty unattainable for him, given everything which well, who did you did you say David Robinson was 20th? David Robinson is 20th. So that's kind of like his his ceiling you'd say yeah. would be like about I mean and to be honest I think that's fair because yeah I'm not prepared to say he could be, ever be have a better end up having a better career than Dave I mean David Robinson is um you know one of the all-time greats and and I think Kawhi is too but cuz like we said man we we were kind of thinking out loud about this on that last pod like he doesn't even have 10,000 career points yet in all likelihood, he probably tops out around, you know, maybe 17,000, depending on how things go, which is, you know, there's a lot of, and obviously points aren't everything, but it is kind of one of the go-to things people look at. Um, Cause he's a good scorer. So it's, yeah. it's fair to look at his points. He's a very good scorer, but uh, it's just, they're, they're shockingly low and that's probably going to continue just with him, sitting out regular season games. So exactly. you do sort of have to hold that against him. And then it's just like, you know, how much do you weigh that against what he accomplishes in the playoffs? And I think that's just what you've been getting at is, is like, it's just what makes him so unique. There really has never been someone else like him. So I think he has like one of the more fascinating in progress legacies that I can think of. We can sort of pinpoint how most of these guys are going to turn out like, yeah, LeBron's probably gonna be the goat when it's all said and done. He's probably going to break Kareem's scoring record. And, mm-hmm. you know, we we know, yeah. But with Kawhi, like it's it, it's just going to be interesting to see yeah. how people remember him yeah. when it's all said and done. He has a long way to go, but you know, and it's it's just it, I just think this season too, he's got a real chance being on one of the best teams in the league, maybe the best team in the league in my opinion, to uh, to really boost that legacy some more. So yeah, um, I think that's. But yeah. I said all that to say that the thing is as well, like someone like James Harden. I mean, we can assume there are still plenty of All NBA teams. MVP placement finishes, you know, third, second, fourth place finishes for James Harden in his future. 
James Harden's, I would say his floor is probably 20th all time. Mm. I would say his ce- I don't think his ceiling could climb to, say, 15th. I think that's too high. But I think 20th is very attainable. And around that, I reckon, because so, so in 17th is Garnett. He's on 599. Then we take a jump up to Steph Curry, who is on 697. I think that there's a huge gap there. And bear in mind, like the gap between Garnett is on 599. Bob Pettit is below him on 598. Moses Malone is below him on 591. So there is very small gaps. And then there's this huge gap at 16th to Steph Curry. Yeah. I mean, that's... I have a hard time imagining Harden will ever, you know, catch Curry. Just be in that because I I know sort of how this is, what this is based on, and Curry's accomplishments are are pretty incredible at this point. So even no matter what Harden does, you know, in the regular season or from here on out, barring something drastic, that that kind of sounds about right. It's maybe you know just maybe he gets into the top twenty, and I, it, I, it's interesting though because like so. Harden's floor is essentially Kawhi's ceiling on Jacob's ladder. And that, yeah, because he dominates regular season accomplishments and there are so many more regular season accomplishments to dominate and so few relative playoff accomplishments to dominate, even though they're far more important by, you know, by not doing both. Kawhi is really limiting his ceiling as an all-time player on these all-time rankings when, say he retires with three rings, three championships, just that, just three rings, three championships, four finals appearances, you know, five All-NBA teams. There are many people who would put him probably in their top 15, top 20 all-time. I think as subjectively, he would probably end up in my top 20 all-time were he to do that. Yeah, same here. Same here. Um, I think think I'm probably going to – like Kawhi's always been one of my favorite guys. I think no matter what, I'm going to probably – have him higher than most people when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. But I do think the thing I've been thinking is that I think this ladder really does reflect how people view these guys. Like I, I think it sort of takes everything into account that people, whether it's subconsciously or they're really thinking about it, take into account when they're ranking guys all time. I think this covers all of that. And because look, man, like, yeah, I, I think Kawhi's a better player than Harden when it's all said and done. Look, they both have a lot of basketball still to play, but I'm guessing I'd probably have Kawhi higher. But I think if you ask most people, you know, 10 years from now, the majority is going to have Harden ahead of Kawhi, right? And I think that's just what this list kind of reflects. So I think it's actually, you know, really accurate in that sense, like more so than than almost anything else. Like you almost have to take the subjectivity out of it to get an accurate reflection of people's subjective opinions it's it's weird well that's the thing with this it's kind of like yeah it has the both the pros and cons like the pro is that it takes out any subjectivity so from my personal rankings that don't agree with this i'm still as 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 much as i will try to be objective in my own opinions they are my opinions and that will lead to subjectivity in my own rankings based on what i like and that generally that leads to inconsistencies and this is something I see a lot when people discuss their all-time rankings is they'll pick out this accomplishment this player did, but they won't recognize it in another player. And they're kind of like, they're inconsistent in how they will rank these guys. Like they might just try to think of an example, but someone like, yeah, Garnett, who did, Garnett did pretty much everything that you could do. 
in terms of winning regular accomplishments. Garnett is probably, I think, to me, he's knocking on the door of being a top 10 player. But that's in my subjective opinion because I think he did all of this. But then you look at what people really discuss when they discuss it. He ends up 17th on my list because I think a lot of what people look for isn't there in Garnett's career. Like he doesn't have these finals runs on his own team where he's the clear man on, you know, like he doesn't have this. Whereas someone like Kobe, he has this in the 2009-2010 season. He has these clear runs where he is the man on his team and they win the championship. And, you know, he's an MVP, an all-star, an all-star starter, all this stuff. But then the con is that there aren't really any contextual issues. Like this tries to capture a lot. We can, the human mind can still capture more than this can because we can consider a lot more contextual issues into account. Like we can consider era. We can say, well, you know, George Mikan is technically, you put up his accomplishments. Yeah, he's maybe a top 25, 30 player of all time, but you actually, you use some context around it. He's not, you know, mm. as an actual player, he's not on the top 500. I wouldn't imagine if you just dropped him in 2020, he's not one of the 500 best players in the world. He's not- that, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's always tricky. Um, but of course, I mean, and that's, but you balance that and that's something that this can't really do. Cause it just says, what did you do against who you was put in front of you? Sometimes I do think that's the best way to talk about it. Like you can't start ragging on the old timers cause the competition wasn't as good. Like I, I, I do think like it's, there's like this sort of era bound relativity that we need to keep in mind when we have these discussions. And um, I'm okay with that. Like, I think Bob Pettit should be a top 20 or top 25 player. Like uh, even if he was playing in 1958. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really like to, yeah, Mikan's always a tough one though. Cause yeah. he was like the original, but can, before we get out of here, let me just give me somebody that's higher than you think most people would expect. And somebody that's lower than most people uh, would expect. So on the list. I'm going to choose two guys actually right next to each other. They are okay. both in the top 50. They scrape into it. And the guy who I think is higher than people would expect is Ben Wallace. I have Ben, wow. Wallace, I have ben Wallace 49th all time players. Wow. And yeah, and that really, that comes down to the defensive players, the defensive player of the year awards, the championship as if it's not, it's him and Chauncey, as far as I could figure out, him and Chauncey are kind of the real, the foundations of that team. So they kind yeah, of, for sure. so they kind of, they split the accolade of being that foundational piece. The same way I think Steph and Durant do in Golden State, right. to a lesser extent, obviously. But um, right, right. yeah, Billups and Wallace, and they, yeah, I, I, I can't tell you exactly why because I did him at this point. We're going on two and a half years ago. I figured him out because obviously, you know, he's been retired for a while. It wasn't like he's an ongoing thing. I have to keep. I mean, you can't. The defensive player of the years were, were huge. He won four. And as a champion as well, and you add all that together and another finals appearance on top of that, and, you know, all defensive first teams, all NBA teams, some all-star teams, he won rebounding titles. He won, you know, all these accomplishments, all these counting stats. And then because he played on the six-time conference finalist, Pistons. I can't remember if he actually played on all six or if it was just five. Or he got traded. At least five, I would yeah. say straight. But because he's, wow, he's, yeah, I don't think I would have. I would probably, off the top of my head, I would 
I would definitely have him top 100. And I feel like I have him probably higher than a lot of people. I think he's a no-brainer Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, but top 50, that is definitely higher than I would have him. And I, I think definitely higher than most people. Who's somebody that's a little bit lower than most people would probably have? Uh, that's Yeah, so someone who's a little bit lower, who could be low. I mean, then someone that I think, well, someone I think is too high. I'm just going to say someone who I think is way too high and who kind of, he breaks the system before Kawhi. And that's Willis Reed. Yeah, we've we've talked about this before. Actually, yeah. I think at some point this yeah. came up, and and it, it was because of those just big seasons, yeah. right? The nineteen seventy season. He actually he becomes the first player because obviously the Finals MVP gets introduced in sixty nine, and then in nineteen seventy, Willis Reed becomes the first player to win MVP and Finals MVP in the same year. And to mm. give you an idea, the other players that have done this are Kareem, Moses Malone, Larry Bird did it twice. Magic did it. Jordan did it four times. Shaq did it once. Duncan did it once. And LeBron's done it twice. Just to give you an idea, like that's the type of air. So like this accomplishment we're talking about, the MVP and finals MVP is mostly reserved for the greatest players that have ever played. And then Willis Reed. And on top of that, he has all these all NBA teams. He has another championship and finals MVP and we add on to that that he's also, because I have um, data point for Finals MVPs and then a data point for what I call the um, the Championship Foundation. So he shares that Championship Foundational piece role with Walt Frazier for the runs. But that still adds up to, you know, two Finals MVPs, a total of one kind of championship leader kind of additional point. And then you add on the championships, the another Finals appearance um he has all nba teams all defensive teams like he just has so much accomplished almost like almost like why like almost in that it is yeah it's that kind of yeah Knicks fans are gonna love that man Knicks fans um, Knicks fans love love willis reed and rightfully so man give me give me one guy that's not in the top 100 that you think most people would probably have in their top 100 uh dame Dame. Dame's not in the top 100 yet. Dame is 149th. Ooh, so oh, he's like, and just to give you an idea, because I actually went to look at him, I think top 100 is assuming he doesn't do anything to change his circumstances, and assuming you know he just keeps playing a, a Portland team, which is constantly disappointing playoff team of you know first round exit, semi final exit, semi final exit, first round exit for the next three to four five years. I think top 100 is just about his ceiling. Really? Even if he gets like, say, another four All-NBA teams, another, you know, four seasons scoring 25 plus, another four playoff appearances, but probably not a title, maybe not a conference finals. Like that that, that might get him into the top 100. Yeah, that would probably be enough to get him in top 100, but not any more than that. Certainly not top wow. 75. Certainly not top 75. And that's kind of like, unless he leaves and starts really playing for a championship team like um like I spoke earlier I was doing to when Steve was here and we were talking the shit before the pod I was saying I've, I've been looking up trade ideas Dame was one of was the that ones. one that- yeah Dame was one of the yeah. ones I mean I don't think there's any way it could happen but Dame was well he might, you know I wouldn't rule out a trade I don't know about to Milwaukee but I wouldn't rule out a trade at, at some point here I mean but, um, something's got to give they've either got to you know really yeah. reshape their team yeah, yeah. or uh or 
or or shipped aim off or, mm-hmm. or just kind of remain in this purgatory which i guess isn't the worst thing in the world but uh it's not ideal no um, but i mean <laughs> so that's that really does these players in like a dame like a garnett is you know falls in that same kind of category where you are one of the five to ten best players i mean for me garnett was top three player in the league in his prime i don't think dame will ever be on that level but he's a lesser version of i know right like, yeah he's a lesser version of that and garnett for me is borderline top 10 he's 17th on this list dame might be when all said and done dame i think i mean i'm pretty sure you already have him maybe top 75 yeah probably somewhere in there if we're being honest yeah yeah so so if he does that more like four more seasons playing the level he is now he'd probably be knocking on the door of your top 50 right like Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah. Whereas for this list, because he's not achieving these high, high level team accomplishments, these championship finals appearances as a key rotation piece, as an all NBA player, an all star in the finals, leading his team, he's really he's capping what he can become ultimately. Mm. And that's kind well, of we need him in the finals then we do we do because yeah he's not good his legacy doesn't stand up to some of these what i would say more championship second pieces like james worthy 84th like Paul gasol 79th like uh clay thompson 88th you know these guys who are michael cooper 95th like there you go okay last last one that i'm gonna ask you about and then we do have to get out of here um but i'm, I'm curious because we're now we're talking about guys that haven't made the finals, where does Chris Paul, the point guard, rank? <laughs> Chris Paul I got ranks 38th on Jacob Okay, Oh, shit, he ranks 38th. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have Dave not in your top 100 and have Chris Paul at 38? <laughs> I love it. I love it, Steve. I've been my daughter Ryan with us. We're watching the game. Giannis has, I think he's got 14 points already. <laughs> Bucks are down by nine, but I'm going to go back to being on mute because I'm enjoying listening to this. I just, oh, and by the way, Brett, we, Portland just trade Dame to Milwaukee already. Let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. Listen, man. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up though here. Uh, we're, oh, we're well. My daughter's getting a little, getting a little feisty. She's like listening to the computer and she's obsessed with Jacob's accent. She's like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause she's, she's too used to that Wisconsin accent. Just not real class before. Keep this in there. I want to hear. I want to hear uh, the, the Chris Paul reasoning. I'm going back on mute, boys. See ya. Later, man. <laughs> so, All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's get out of here, man. On that note, it's been we're we're well over an hour here, and uh, that was fun though, man. That was that yeah, was yeah. that was great. I, I can't wait to see more of the latter. And and like you mentioned before, once we get our website up and running, we're we're in the process of doing that. Uh, be on the lookout for it mm-hmm. soon, and. That's going to be certainly one of the highlights of it. And I, I personally can't wait to just dive into it and, and, and look at it because it is yeah. uh, as good of a list as I've seen. And um, yeah, so yeah, it'll all be there. It'll be able for you to, you can arrange it so you can see based on position who the top positions are, top by heights, top by draft years, draft position, all that stuff. You'll be able to do arrange that, arrange them by any order you want to. And yeah, that will all be on the website once it's all set up. Very cool. Very cool, man. Well, thank you for uh, for giving us a little peek of it, though, man. That was that was really cool. I think that was one of the cooler episodes that we've done. So uh, I appreciate it, and I know that the listeners do as well. But uh, Jacob, I will talk to you soon, my man. 
I will talk to you guys later. Thanks everybody for listening. Have a good one. Thank you.